It's the David L. Gray Show. I'm your host, David L. Gray. I'm cutting through the clutter to offer a fresh cap of perspective on what's current and relevant. Welcome back to the David L. Gray Show, Season 3. We're talking about heroic virtue. Make sure you subscribe to my channel on iTunes and or Google Play. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, an interesting thing happened yesterday that I thought I might opine about here with you on this podcast. So, we were sitting in my moral theology class in graduate school. If you don't know, um, I'm getting a degree soon here in Catholic theology at Ohio Dominican University. And so we were in class talking about the unique thing about the Catholic understanding of morality is that we believe that there are some actions that are always intrinsically evil, that by their nature, they're always evil, no matter what. Meaning that no matter why a certain actor, why a person does an act, the act itself is always evil, regardless of intention, regardless of circumstance, regardless of outcome, the act itself is always evil. For example, rape. Rape. Under no circumstances can raping someone be found to be moral or an objectively good thing to do, right? There just isn't. I mean, sometimes on TV you always see this, I don't know why television shows always have this, but they, they someone does something horrible, like molest a child or, or rape a woman, and they say, oh, you're going to go to prison and you're going to get raped. Like, like being raped in prison is some sort of justice. Like, oh, he's going to get his. He's going to get anally raped. And that's, no, rape, I don't, I don't care how it happens, right? Rape is never a good thing. There's never a time when rape was good. Therefore, rape is something that's intrinsically evil. By its very nature, it's evil. So, from there, the conversation went into how China has put birth control chemicals at times into the water supply of some of their villages and how the people who drank this water that had abortifacients in it um, were then thereafter right engaged in an immoral act for having contraceptive intercourse at this point. But... They were not culpable of the act. They were not at fault because they did not know they were taking in these abortifacient chemicals. They were completely unaware of the evil they were doing. They weren't culpable. Me culpa. Me culpa. Me culpa. As it beats my chest three times. They, they were not a fault. Um, the next example that came up was how some people in some African countries are, are being given vaccines for malaria uh, that have also have had sterilization chemicals in them. Again, these people, like the Chinese people who were drinking abortifacient drugs, these people are also now engaged in having contraceptive intercourse. But they are not culpable. There's no mea culpa needed here either because they don't know. So, it was at this point in class that I made a comment about how the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation had been tied to these abortifacient vaccines. And, and if you read my website early on, I think in 2010, I was writing these articles about the masters of modern day eugenics. And I had about four of them 
So, at this point, I made a sarcastic quip, right, about how Melinda Gates is a, air quotes here, sarcastic comment, Melinda Gates is a good Catholic, you know, I said this. Some people on the other side of the room heard it. The murmuring began right across the room about how we shouldn't be calling some Catholics good and some Catholics bad. Really? We shouldn't use words that appear to make qualifying judgments about other Catholics. I give this some thought, and this is where I am. First, in, in one sense, well, we have to concur with Jesus, right? That ultimately, only the Father is truly good. If there are humans, such as those in the church triumphant, they are only good to the degree that God's will is in them, right? If there's good human beings, they're only good to the degree that God's will is in them. And that they have returned to a state the same or higher than when the humans were first created and God found them to be good, right? Jesus also said that there are those who belong to their father, Satan, to the degree that his lies live in them. Second, it is important to make the distinction also between the act and the actor, but only to a degree. All right, we don't we don't always have to make this distinction because there does seem to be a point when the action or series of actions becomes so intimately tied to the actor that we can rightly identify them with their actions. We we can know a tree by its fruits, right? We, we uh, if, if it tastes like an apple, guess what? It's an apple tree. If that's what a fruit tastes like, if a fruit tastes like orange, is what is an orange tree? Okay. Again, there does seem to be a point in time when the action or series of actions become so intimately tied to the actor that we can rightly identify them with their actions. Jesus does this with the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23. He doesn't say they are acting hypocritical. No. Jesus calls them hypocrites. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul speaks of immoral people of robbers and adulterers rather than those people who are merely committing acts of immorality, um, robbery, and adultery. Paul also remarks that people like this should be handed over to Satan, such as Hymenaeus right, and Alexander who have made a shipwreck of their faith by rejecting their conscience. 1 Timothy chapter 1. You see, there comes a point in time when the actions of the actor become so intimately associated with them that we call them by the name of his or her act. The church has always called those who maintain an obstinate denial of faith heretics. <laughs> We've always called people who obstinate denial of faith heretics. It is not wholly uncommon for a Catholic to say something heretical out of ignorance or even intention, but to maintain in that heresy by denying the truth once it is presented to you is what moves you from having said something heretical 
to now being branded a heretic, right? But even that process can take years, right? Even Martin Luther wasn't communicated immediately. So, again, there's a distinction here, right? There's the act of saying something heretical, right? Then there's the process of persisting in that belief, which now gives us the right legitimately to call you a heretic. You move from just saying something heretical to now being, okay, you're a heretic, right? Because you won't deny it. There comes a point in time again, again, there comes a point in time when the actions of the actor become so intimately associated with him or her that we call them by the name of their act. So, therefore, I find it a bit odd that there are people who do not want us to look at the actions of Catholics and label them as being outside of the authentic teaching of the faith by calling them good or faithful Catholics or bad or unfaithful Catholics. But these same people have no problem saying that Tim Tebow is a bad quarterback. Oh, 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 oh we'll, we'll make a judgment <laughs> when it doesn't matter much. Or, or we may let a chef off once or twice for, for one or two bad plates. You know, we'll make the distinction then between the, the chef being bad and his dish being bad. But if he persists in putting out bad entrees, we'll tell everyone that, that the chef at that restaurant is a bad chef. Men who cheat on their wives are always called bad men. Women who cheat on their husbands are always called whores. There are people who have committed a crime, but there are those who do it repeatedly and they're called criminals. But if you've only been to prison once, you're always labeled a felon and always discriminated against for jobs and housing. You see, we're quite comfortable making judgments when we're not the one in fear of being judged. But when we are the crosshairs of being called a bad Catholic, oh, you, oh, we don't want others to use that label, no. No, that's mean. That's judgmental. What is this? We don't want to call people bad Catholics, but we do want to call Tim Kaine a devout Catholic. I mean, what is this? Where are we? The Twilight Zone? not only of sight and sound but of mind a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination your next stop the twilight zone what does it mean to be a person of heroic virtue today in this regard well it begins by calling objective acts precisely what they are which means that we must have a language that is countercultural. Why? Well, because let's take a look at a couple of things in society. Well, society calls adultery what? It calls it an opportunity. It calls abortion legal. Contraception, safe. Gay marriage, it calls love. Poverty, a concern. We call many elements of communism, socialism, sovereign government. Torture, we call it interrogation. Masturbation, fornication, that's healthy. Voluntary suicide, compassion. But St. John Paul II, in his encyclical Splendor of the Truth, called all these things I've just said hostile to life itself, he says, and an offense 
to human dignity. Why? Because they are all intrinsically evil. That's why these things are hostile to life. And that's why they're all offensive to human dignity. Second, we must speak in a way that lets people know how they ought to live their lives according to the will of God. So that they won't be confused. Right? Don't be confusing or leave people in question. That's what leads people to immoral acts. Being confusing and leaving people with the question in their mind about how do I act doesn't contribute to them acting right. And if it means describing a path of being a good Catholic and also describing a path of being a bad Catholic, then so be it. Describe these paths and use quite colorful language. I mean, such language can be helpful and it can also be said charitably. Moreover, we must speak these things aloud. Why? Because speaking these things aloud, describing what is good and what is evil, is an affront against the machinations of Satan, who wants us to never speak the truth, who wants us to never judge actions, who, who never wants us to tell people that they are acting against the love of God. Satan just wants us to be quiet and apathetic and just pretend that everyone is a good Catholic. The pretense of a good, good life, the pretense of a good life, is far more dangerous than acknowledging your sins. Remember, the man who beat his chest, have mercy on me, a sinner, is the man who went home justified. But how did he know he was a sinner unless he had help informing his conscience by someone who told him what is good and what is bad? You know who Catholic saints and heroes are? They are people who always speak the truth in love. In contrast, cowards are people who speak nothing worth hearing. I encourage you to be a saint. To be a hero. Speak the truth in love at all times. And if necessary, have it engraved on your tombstone. This is the David L. Gray Show. Tune in again. But until then, until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours.